This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. We're super excited to hear about this specific paper. Again, congratulations. Let's turn to it right now. Uh, I love this. I love this because I just got finished teaching uh, today, Mansur, and one of the big things uh, I was I was teaching about today, uh, we're talking about loyalty. Okay. Oh wow! And so is this, it's perfect timing. I'm actually going to send this paper to my students uh, and tell oh, them take a look at that. this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because what you've done here is that you've this is hard. You've taken a look at across everything that's been analyzed out there in the literature. Here is the key understandings as I meta-analyze, as I try to understand the entire big picture of everything that everyone has done in the space of loyalty and different types of, quote, relationships that people have with brands. Here is the key set of takeaways that show different types of connections that have different consequences on loyalty. And I love this part uh, towards the end of the paper where you talk about the notion that if the first, you, you quote Bonchik in France, 2016, if the first three waves were brand as object, idea, and experience, the next wave will be brand as relationships. And this is huge. I want you to talk a little bit about the genesis. This is a hard thing to do, uh, listeners. This is a this is called a meta-analysis, is when you take hundreds of papers that other people have done and you try to dive into them and analyze what the holistic gestalt is, if you will, of the entire landscape of those papers. Take us through this paper carefully, Munzer. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll start with a little bit of a uh, sort of in addition to what I said, uh, basically the, the impetus or the start behind the project was that uh, if you look uh, at the way uh, sort of the, the industry uh, and the corporate world talks about uh, brand management, brand practice, uh, a lot of the times what's happening is that exactly we're talking about things like hunch, but then the, the other thing, and this was uh, in a way inspired me to do some of this work as well. So there was a recent piece, a uh, very interesting piece by uh, Jill Avery and her colleagues from Har- from HBS, from mm-hmm. Harvard Business School. Mm-hmm. And basically what they were talking about that uh, despite uh, billions and billions of dollars that companies use to encourage this greater or stronger or more intimate consumer brand relationships, many of them d- seem to be doing so without sort of this systematic and uh, comprehensive understanding of their activities. Mm. So that was one of the pieces that made me think, aha, this this sounds interesting and relevant to what I do. So back in the um, the so I did it and um, sort of around 2015, I believe, uh, to the best of my memory. So what I did back then, I was like, okay, on the industry side and more practical side, there seems to be this general understanding that okay, look, loyalty matters, um, mm-hmm. and then you know, depending on how people feel about the brands and how strongly they feel toward those brands, uh, there should be meaningful results in loyalty. So that was kind of People know that this is not new. Uh, we've been talking about it for decades. But let me let me but pause was, there. Let me jump in yeah, because you're sure. making this is huge, man. I, 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 listen, I love these segments where we bring in the gurus in academia to like break this stuff down and really give us kind of the the interpretation that we need to understand. This is huge. This is absolutely huge. This sort of paradigm that was out there, man. So this is loyalty matters because when I was talking to my students today, I was trying to make the point. You can tell me if you agree with this that there is this kind of conceptual this 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 
flimsy conception of loyalty that is often quickly proxied or related to repeat purchase. In other words, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm buying over and over and over and over again in ser- in terms of let's say like an empirical analysis on one's shopping basket uh, and scanner panel data, I must be loyal. And what you're saying is, hey, wait a second, build on that point that we're talking about potentially something deeper than just did you buy it in several sequences uh, frequently over some time because that could, in all honesty, just be inertia or habit or routine or something not at all like loyalty, right? So part of what you're doing here, Munzer, is to try to unpack this and go a little bit deeper. Speak to that point, please. Sure. Uh, so we'll, we'll, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure you probably, uh, with this kind of the same idea in your teaching, but a lot of the times what happens when you try to talk about this uh, construct or concept of loyalty, exactly, this is happening. So people uh, tend to, uh, you know, somehow uh, consciously or unconsciously equate it to this sort of just habitual or um, mm-hmm. inertia type of repurchase. But then definitely loyalty goes way beyond that. So lo- loyalty has very strong both attitudinal and behavioral uh, sort of connotations. It also, it's pretty cognitive, but it's also a lot of it is pretty effective as well. So mm-hmm. it's definitely something that uh, almost like a, one of the most important downstream consequences uh, a brand manager can, you know, even pursue or think about. So definitely something to care a lot about. I love this point that you're making, Mansur, because what it's saying is that we have to unpack this thing and go a little bit deeper, and managers should care about this, because at the end of the day, if all we're delivering is kind of a routinized, habitual kind of inertia, then that can be easily, easily, easily undone, right? And so in some senses, if there's a competitive advantage to be gained, it has to be gained in the context of trying to drive toward what I would refer to as loyalty with a capital L. Speak to this notion of loyalty insofar as how it can manifest in these relationship types that you dive into in your paper. Uh, absolutely. So the um, and again, this goes back to your earlier point that if if it's just something that loyalty was like a you know like a uh, lowercase L or if it's not even loyalty at all, right? Right. The, mm-hmm. It can easily be. Uh, not only can easily be uh, sort of pursued or copied, but also replicated. So in a way, you know, w- w- without this um, stronger or greater loyalty, uh, again, it, it just goes down eventually to something like a like a price competition or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. So in this case, uh, basically, what I started to look at, okay, given that there's this seeming understanding that, okay, well, what is the overall effectiveness, uh, it's, you know, it's hard to sort of know and put an exact precise quantifiable number on that. Mm -hmm. But then also what I did, uh, I went to this, uh, there's this conference called Brands and Brand Relationship Conference, which uh, every two years or so is put together uh, by Susan Forney in Boston, Uh, typically. And then... By the uh, way, let me, let me interrupt you, Munster, because let me interrupt you, because Susan is my colleague from the University of Florida. We went to uh, PhD school together. So she's fantastic. Very cool. Yeah, she is very, to your point, which is you're pointing to very, very very, uh, precisely here. She is very much well known in this brand relationship space. But please continue. You went to this conference and what happened? Absolutely. So I went there and basically what I try to do there, I mean, now that I knew that in the, in the industry, there's this sort of seeming lack of understand in terms of systematic effectiveness of these different types of brand relationships. So mm-hmm. I went to Susan's conference, and the great thing about the conference is that you have a mix, a very eclectic mix of both academic uh, people working on branding, but also practitioners like people from JFK or people from sort of like interbrand and these types of brand consultancies. Nice. So what I did there, what I did there, I basically went in a very old school. I took a paper and pencil survey, and then I asked all those experts. I said, okay, look, uh, when we talk about 
these different brand relationships. Some concepts come up, such as brand love, brand trust, brand identification, self-brand connection, mm-hmm. and brand attachment. Mm-hmm. But you sort of, you know, given your expertise and experience in the field, how, how effective do you think each of those is in driving loyalty? So again, something that we really, really desire as brand researchers and also brand practitioners. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing I found was that, surprisingly, there was absolutely lack of consensus in ter- oh, among those yep. experts mm-hmm. in terms of what type of this love or attachment or trust or whatnot should be better predictors of loyalty, yes. and more importantly, under what conditions. So there was this seemingly yep. sort of seeming mix of, of responses, which I found particularly cool to, and sort of which served to motivate my research project as well. Interesting. I love this point. I'm going to jump in real quick to, to uh, calibrate my listeners quickly, Mansoor. So what Mansoor is saying, uh, listeners out there, is that the, we as, re- as researchers were working on identifying different types of loyalty insofar as describing different types of brand relationships. And there are at least uh, five that exist in the literature. Brand attachment, brand love, self-brand connection, brand identification, and brand trust. And what Mansoor is saying is that we study these things using specific methodological surveys and scales that have been developed and validated across these different uh, definitions. Uh, And then researchers go out there and start analyzing these different five types of uh, relationships. And what Mansoor is doing is going to sit down and look across everything that's been done across these five different types of relationships and tell you to what extent the literature says each of these relationships or each of these different relationship types, I should say, uh, to what extent each drives loyalty, uh, stronger loyalty and brand, what what he refers to, and I want you to unpack this for me in just a second, Munster, brand relationship elasticity in driving customer brand loyalty with a capital L. This is kind of what the project has been about, right? Absolutely. Okay. Um, So, so tell me, give me the key findings, sir. Take me through what yeah. you found that is the, the, the big takeaway so that my audience can be better understanders of how to understand the relationship of how to create real loyalty and not just inertia. Yeah, so, so first, uh, so a couple of key highlights that I'm kind of most excited about that would be a decent summary of what we found. So first of all, one number one takeaway that I would say from all this work is that establishing a, a relationship with a brand uh, by consumers of the company can be a totally a total game changer for brands. That would be like, if you were to take away just one thing from this, this would be it. Gotcha. But then unpacking it a bit further would be that, and this is where I'm kind of going to back, I don't want to go into too much technicalities in terms of elasticity and econometric stuff, but mm-hmm. basically what that term in this specific context refers to is that if, if, if we, you know, like 1% change in brand relationship trends is, or brand relationship investment would be associated with a 0.44% change in outcome, which is loyalty in this case. Gotcha. So that's essentially, that's what we're trying to quantify here. Mm-hmm. But again, if I were to just stop it here and say, look, this is how much brand relationships help, right? People will be like, okay, but like, are there different conditions where this may or may not hold? Right. Or mm-hmm. what are some of the background nuances? And this is what I found. So for, first of all, what I found is that, again, talking about these different types, how consumers may feel toward the brand more emotionally or more sort of trust-based or more identity type. What I found is that if I take all these aggregates from all studies, on average, and this is pretty much trying to generalize here, mm-hmm. on average, uh, investing into uh, brand love or brand attachment, which usually refers to something very kind of passionate and emotional type of connection that consumers may have with the brand, on average, 
that seems to be the most beneficial. But then there's a lot of different nuances in there as well. So if you talk about identity type of connection with the brand, we found that it is more beneficial, especially among the uh, older audience, like people of uh, more senior people. Mm-hmm. And then some of the other findings, uh, again, within trust-based work, what we found is that it seems that trust seems to be very, very important driver of loyalty for American consumers. Oh, and, and we have some intuition as to sort of why that may be the case. Interesting. Can you briefly, we're running up on time, got about a minute left. Can you briefly talk about that intuition, why the brand trust piece uh, is triggered mostly for American consumers and also why the brand identity piece is triggered for older consumers? So for the trust piece, right, like our intuition here, and again, we don't have exact process evidence because it's a meta-analysis, but sure. the idea here is that if you look at the Gallup survey, so that, that has recently found that Trust in big business, trust in corporations in the U.S. is like historically low. So what, what we use that to infer is that if in such a very sort of low trusting environment, companies are still able to build that very strong and trust-based connection, those companies and brands would be disproportionately rewarded. Gotcha. So that's what we're kind of thinking uh, along these lines. And then for the uh, identity base, what we're thinking again is that something along the lines of uh, you know, I mean, of course, identity type connections matter to all consumers. But then once people reach a certain age, mm-hmm. it seems that a lot of what they try to do is sort of this idea of signaling. Right? Is mm-hmm. this part of how I want to convey myself to the society? Or gotcha, gotcha. is this sort of the way I want other people to see me? So, so something along these lines. Gotcha. Mansur Kamitov, thanks so much for coming on the show with us tonight. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, and uh, I hope you have a great evening. Excellent. Listeners, I love this. You can find more about Monster at MonsterHamitov.com. In fact, you should go there. M-A-N-S-U-R-K-H-A-M-I-T-O-V.com to actually get a copy of the paper. Go get the paper. Read the details. It is absolutely fabulous. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.